Hello and welcome to the Gooners Podcast. Oh, it's a special England edition, except I can't get the volume down. So it is the coming home episode. It's coming home eve. We're about to have a rager. Tom's missus is out of town, so we're just throwing furniture around. We're going to have a great time. The drinks are cracked open. We're going to talk about a bunch of shit, and we're going to find out once and for all whether uh, it is coming home or not. So stay tuned for the Gooners Podcast. Welcome back to the Gunners Podcast, episodes or season six, episode four. Tom, did you ever think we'd make it to six seasons, <laughs> or six shows for that matter, six or the sixth shows. minute of any particular yeah. show? I was just trying to look, and this is going to come across so up my own ass. But when that bit of the intro where it says world-renowned guests, am I in it? Am I? In, I am on it. <laughs> am I in it? <laughs> I, I don't know. The, the, the original one that I did was just you. For the whole yeah. time, and then I'm like, "That's not rapid enough." So yeah, I, I don't know. I'm gonna have to go back and check. But <laughs> always good to have you back. You're you're a podcasting fool today, uh, minus the fool part. But just um, Max Headrooms joining us. Owen, this is like the Christmas story, you know, where it's like, and and as a Jew, I don't really know that movie, but isn't there a movie where like some dude looking at you know, Chris, Ghost of Christmas Past, Ghost of Christmas Present, Future? This is like your Ghost of Podcast Past, Present, and Future because Tom, your audio was gone all. Your fun. audio is awful. Right? Yeah. <laughs> I can't hear a word. Let them run through it, man. Jesus Christ! Any better? Now? That's yeah. better. All That's right. way better. What did well, you do? Tom is the ghost of of podcast past, uh, and you left those pastures to come over here. What were you thinking? <laughs> I didn't leave. I didn't leave. I just branched branched out. I, uh, broaden my horizons and i don't know man maybe it was a mistake i'm starting to think it was a mistake i take it you're going to say something about my the potential tattoo i could be receiving as well so which is a funny story actually because i think it might need to go in i was running in um, yeah no it's not going to be like that don't worry about it i was running in the missus house earlier and um, her mum left the iron on and i accidentally rested my arm against a, an iron that's on so i think i might need to go in for some r- repair work anyway so did, did the iron say it's coming home on, on, the, on the, <laughs> yeah, that's, the iron just been, that would have taken care of just it been right branded <laughs> yeah, which is uh, as a non-tattoo type guy which is easier uh, getting tattooed or getting branded do they both oh, hurt so the same getting getting tattooed by, by a male, I, I would imagine. Actually, no, I don't have to imagine. I've just been branded. Yeah, no, getting tattooed. Um, no, but look, there's been a lot of discussion as to the, the whereabouts of this tattoo, what location it's going to be in, and stuff as well. Um, really, I mean, honestly, look, I I know you said you know you're not one to make things like this lightly, and it's not like this would be your first tattoo, but I mean, I'm giving you the opportunity to no, 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 no. <laughs> I'm a nice guy. Out of this. this is this is it. This is coming home, son. This is <laughs> this is what you deserve for doubting us. Okay. Here, here's here's what I'll do because there was no other side to that bet. So now that we know who the opponent is, if Italy wins, I will have a pizza. 
<laughs> yeah, no, that actually is um, something I did want to take up because often bets are obviously made, as you just mentioned, with a wager from both sides. And so I see this is quite unfair. So I think that, look, Mike obviously isn't going to get a tattoo or anything like that there. But I think in, in the chat box or in the comments underneath, we should be throwing out what his, uh, you know, uh, punishment could be if it lead it take it home. You know, I'm not, I, I'm I'm willing to do that at, at this point because at, at the time that you made it, it was like, okay, they're gonna they're not gonna win. There's 15 <laughs> other teams that could, and I wasn't gonna do a bet that said if England didn't win. But at this point, it's a one to one situation. So, so yeah, uh, I'm not I'm not above, I'm not beneath, I'm not above beneath or beside doing something a little silly. But it's not gonna be a permanent thing that 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 impacts my life for the rest of my life. It's not like, like let's, let's be serious. I will uphold the bat, but it'll be going somewhere un, un, unnoticeable because not only is it a shocking tattoo, but the area I live in within this country, it wouldn't be too kindly taken to. So let's just say that it will have to be discreetly put somewhere. Um, somebody I'll said, get a henna, I'll get a henna tattoo if you want. Nah, somebody tried to give me that out as well. It doesn't work <laughs> like that. Anyway, please, let's talk about football. I think the first thing we should cover, lads, is the Euros because. I've come on here saying I'm going to ridicule England, but I think the most genuine thing I could do is ask Tom, as an England fan, um, what have you made out of England and Gareth Southgate throughout the entire Euros campaign? Yeah, it's been great. Um, it's it's weird supporting England, obviously, because with being an Arsenal fan, there's not I'm not used to there being kind of any Arsenal presence at all in the England team. And it's when Saka was picked, it was a case of oh, he's been picked, but I don't think he's really gonna play. Um, because we've got Sancho and you've got Rashford and Grealish and Mount and everyone you're thinking we had that brief little we had that brief little like wall cut. Wilshire type of thing, Oxlade Chamberlain, yeah. yeah, and, and it, it was, yeah, but it was, it wasn't really like obviously when Ashley Cole, Sol Campbell were in it, Tony Adams previously as well, Ian Wright back in the day too, of course. So um, Arsenal used to have plenty of players that were, were in the England national team, but it's it is nice seeing Saka come through. That's been kind of the main highlight for me is seeing Saka get minutes and seeing him play. But to be honest, with with Southgate. He got he gets con consistently so much stick and like <laughs> so much of the England support base have almost willed him to fail at times just to justify their own doubts about Southgate. So seeing him succeed has been great. It's like my very own England Arteta is, is what it is <laughs> for me. <laughs> so you've been trusting the England process then for yes. 55 years. Trust trust the uh, waistcoat is what it is. Trust the waistcoat. <laughs> Yeah, and moving on to some of the more some of the problems I, I I have with England. And look, before I go on and say this here, I'm not tarnishing an entire nation or the people who live there or anything. But there's just certain yes, things. No, but That's there's certain. Look, there's certain. I think the funniest thing that I hear from some England fans is turning around and saying, uh, "I don't know why everybody hates England." And but lads, for me, this was I think this was actually discussed on the post game show. The Danish national anthem being played, and and not a minority, the majority of the stadium booing what some would say are the heroes of this competition, regardless of what they did on the on the pitch in terms of how they responded to the Christian Eriksen thing. How did you two feel as England fans listening to again not a minority, the majority of the stadium boo that national anthem? Is that acceptable? Is it banter, or was that just over the top? Was it the majority though? I mean, you, you, it's hard to always tell that sort of thing. I mean, it was loud. It was. It, it was wasn't. Loud. It wasn't it was... scattered, but 
you know, as you know from from games that have had eight thousand, ten thousand people in the entire stadium, it can be loud uh, without being eighty five percent of the people. But that said, I, I've been kind of, I mean, I weighed in on it right away, and I and my initial weigh in is it's classless, mm-hmm. it's unfo- it's yeah. unfortunate, it's a symbolic moment that you know whatever the symbolism is, you should just let it be. Uh, when we do that. <laughs> When that happens again tomorrow, at knowing the way the Italians treat their national anthem during football matches and international tournaments, that's going to do nothing but fire them up. So I think it would be a, a, a strategic mistake. But whether it's banter, whether it's common, yes, it happens all the time. No, it's not just England that does that. I've seen some disgusting pictures from 1990 about the Queen from from Italy, uh, ironically enough, when the, when the World Cup was there. And... You know, it, it has happened. It happens frequently. So I think the narrative of it being a purely English thing is a bit unfair. But I do you think potentially it was so sensitive, not only because um, that England are often like the pantomime villain of the national comp, uh, na- national team competitions, Tom, but the fact that who it was on the receiving end of it, that it was Denmark, this team that everybody was sort of spurring on as maybe their second their second choice team of the competition. I mean, there's going to be idiots everywhere you go. Like you're never you're never ever going to eradicate. This podcast has chosen has showed that more than anything else. <laughs> this, this is a high ground for CGP. <laughs> um, but genuinely, no, that you're never going to find a place. I mean. I remember watching a guy, a video went viral of a guy standing in an England shirt when the players took the knee, booing to the camera in his own living room. Like, and that's that's the level that some fans, as fans, that's the level that some people um, will go to, to to voice their very anti that opinion, which is obviously we know it's, it's utterly ridiculous and and stupid is, is what it is. Let's call it what it is. It is stupidity. Um, the, the, the thing is, I, it is, it is embarrassing, as you say, yes, because I'm an England fan and obviously I share that in common with these idiots. Uh, but you'll you'll never escape that. Like You guys will know people that you're not friends with that are idiots and are of the same nationality of you. You can't escape that. Um, it is unfortunate when you see so much hate towards England as an entity, but, I mean, England on a political scale, which we don't have to go into, are not the most popular in the world either, which makes them... No. Uh, yeah, I, know, I imagine that. Um, so there is that as well. Um, but, yeah, I mean, I've loved it as an England fan. Like, just as... I've never seen England get to a final in my lifetime. It's uh, and neither of you two. So, or maybe Mike has. Um, but, uh, <laughs> you didn't even see the 2010 World Cup because you were just a fetus back then. But uh, <laughs> God, what, did we still play in white back then? Was that? I just, <laughs> no, I, it's, yeah, it's great. I've loved every second of the tournament. To be honest, from the from a football point of view, it's been fantastic. There's one more, one more thing, and again, this is again. I understand that this is definitely a minority, but I am going to move on to something more positive after this. But Mike, we can't discuss that game without discussing um, what has now been disciplined, a discipline, disciplinary action of the laser pen being shown in Casper Schmeichel's face during the penalties. Stuff like that. Do you think that I think I think it came out? I'm not sure whether this is official, but a twenty-five thousand pound fine. Um, has been issued uh, to England. Um, do you think that that is a substantial enough punishment, or do you think that these things need to be sort of more heavily hit to discourage it in the future? You know, I, I've been a bit 
dark on that on that narrative. I, I, I hadn't really followed through exactly what the news is on that. I've certainly seen the pictures and I'm aware of it. But I mean, did they catch the person that did it? I mean, is that possible to do or no, is it just? No, they haven't found it. Because I'm, I'm, I'm not busting out the narrative of, of how do we know it wasn't a Denmark fan. That, I'm not going there. I'm just saying. I'm just, you know, a $25,000 fine to a football club or a nation uh, football association is never, is nothing more than a token gesture, no matter what the offense is. So, um, you know, is it going to stop somebody from doing it in the final? Uh, who knows? They should be, you know, they should be, I guess, cavity searching people better when they <laughs> when they come into the, to Wembley because those well, sort I of mean, things. I, I went to Wembley for the tournament, and so uh, the Italy Austria game, wearing I, an Austria jersey. So yeah, I was, and I I didn't get searched at all. Like they just waved me straight through. So you could have a laser pointer. Oh, you look pocket. so you look so wholesome and so you know. innocent. Oh my god, that's Tom Canton from the Gooner Talk. Yeah, like, <laughs> we, don't need, we don't need to search him. We you didn't even have to bust out the don't you know who I am thing. <laughs> I gave him my TGT business card and he let me straight through. <laughs> you you were carrying two televisions that were live feeding your podcast <laughs> while you walked in. Have you seen um Marcus Turam of Borussia Mönchengladbach have to show his FIFA cards to a security guard to let oh, him God, into that's the ground. That's some shit like that. By the way, you, you, it, took, it took me a while to get this this picture up, but you talk about stupid fans doing stupid things. I mean, it is not just just British. I mean, th this episode, Philadelphia Eagle fans are the are the worst, and uh, they didn't even allow Santa to get away without being pelted. So yes, it is it is not a simply English thing, although. We did learn it from you, but let's. Uh, <laughs> I think maybe I've bashed them in terms of uh, fandom, and um, maybe we should move on to something more positive than the, the oh, player. Yeah. So, are we move on just oh, quickly oh. while we're on the fine thing? I just want to point out because it's worth Montenegro got fined 20,000 euros because of their fans' racist chants, yeah. and England have been fined a greater fee for the laser one. Now, I'm not saying, and this is not me turning around saying, oh, we should be fine less because racism is worth... That's not what I'm saying. Mm -hmm. But it's the fact that fines are ridiculous. They yeah. All they do is put a monetary value next to an action, which is always going to generate an absolutely ridiculous kind of metric system where we need to come we need to come up with that we need to come up with the official gooners podcast list of offensive actions and what they <laughs> should cost people but uh, i think i think what you said there more so than highlights the or how how big england's fine was it, it sort of highlights how low the fine for for racist actions from from supporters are you know that that i think that that would highlight that more so than how hefty that's always, find that English is. That's always been UEFA's most disgusting but, um, trait. But can you put a number on an action like that? You know, if I were to turn around, what does a million pound make racism for? No, not at all. No, so well, I think, no, that I think and, that, and that's Tom's point is, is yeah. that no matter what the money is, it's not, it, mm -hmm. you know, you're, you're not going to solve the problem until you have much, much greater penalties. So are we putting this topic to bed? <laughs> yeah, no, I actually I picked you to come up. Come you, you knew you weren't making it through the first 15 minutes and 49 seconds without that picture. I just, if you ever get to know Mike, which you know is a dangerous thing to ever do, never stay in the same hotel, even if, even if it's in Highbury of all places. I, I regret you doing. Were, 
No, you don't. That was the, one of the great, one of the three greatest you experiences your mic of your again. life. You switched your mic again, haven't you? No, it's oh, it's gone crackly again. Jesus. Well, it, he, Tom does say that to get you to shut up. It's fine. No, <laughs> yeah, it was actually fine. <laughs> There's nothing wrong with it. Something so, a bit more positive, Tom. Um, coming out from the England camp that I've seen today is that um, apparently I'm not sure whether again this is confirmed or not, but that that the players have decided that any um, financial winnings from the competition will be donated straight to the NHS. Yeah. Um, how does that make you feel? You know, coming through such a difficult time, not only to see fans starting to get back into the stadium, some sense of normality return, but people in such a position to turn around and, and maybe show a bit of recognition to the hard work that everybody's put in over the last eighteen months. Yeah, it's, it's 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 great. Obviously, there's been some really good things that have come. I mean, I don't know if you saw the video of Mason Mount giving his shirt to the little girl in the crowd. Just little things like that just reaffirm your faith in humanity. Sometimes, when as we've already talked about the, the racism that goes on, the the booing, the laser pointers, everything like that, and just the controversies, it is good to know that that that, that stuff is happening. These, these footballers get paid a hell of a lot of money. Do they really need a few more thousand quids? Um, <laughs> probably not. So it's it's great that they they're, they're going to hand that over. Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, knowing so many people that have been in the NHS and worked on the front lines during the pandemic is knowing what's happened. I mean, our, our friend at the show, Ellis Mel, who obviously is from the ABW, is, uh, has been on the front lines uh, at times. And uh, Christopher Fung, who was a member of TGT, has been in America on the lines as well. So uh, no plenty of people that have been involved with, with all of that stuff. And uh, it's, it's, yeah, it's, it's great to see that. The, the yeah. chat is just raving over your, your, your enunciation of NHS. Uh, I mean, I get that kind of props when I talk about you know, Rose Z and <laughs> NH. That's what it is. NH. 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 NHS. Yeah. No, no. Yeah. But but Ian said H. And yeah, I do say H. Uh, uh, NHS. <laughs> uh, moving swiftly on. I'm trying to be nice, taking up a decent topic. Fucking English. <laughs> <laughs> I'll teach you guys how to spell. I'll teach you guys how to speak our language. Okay. Last thing on the Euros, boys. Um, some would say that England have had quite a favourable run throughout the tournament. Now I know that that isn't. In some their, would uh, say that, that's in the their some would say. Some would say not me. I would never say such a thing. But getting into the final, getting into the final now, <laughs> nine out of their or eight out of their nine games qualify. Well, look, man. Yeah, but we admit we're shite. You think he's our class? That's the thing. Anyway. A different beast now, I would say, that you're going to tackle in Italy. I would say probably the most informed side in the tournament from start to finish, consistently very, very good. How are you feeling about England's chances going into the um, final, Mike? Realistically now, don't be getting your positive hat on. No, I honestly, I mean, you know me, when I, whenever I have a vested interest in a, in, a, in a game or a team, I never feel confident. I mean, with all my bluster about it's coming home, I, I never feel confident that it's actually going to happen. Uh, because the moment I do that, it just goes completely, uh, you know, topsy-turvy. So um, Italy would be a massive favorite if this game wasn't at Wembley, let's be honest. Um, as it stands, and I've looked at this, I think they are a slight favorite on the in, in the betting odds. And I think that's about – yeah, I think oh, that's really? – a. I mean, very, very slight, uh, and I think that's probably about about appropriate. And and uh, I, I think it's going to be a tough one. But but the Wembley thing to me, and the emotion and all of that, it, it's just and Phil Foden making nasty comments about Arsenal. Uh, apparently, I mean, you know, th th those things all intertwine together. And I 
I don't think England's going to win tomorrow, but I sure as hell hope that we do. Um, Who might that come into Arsenal? I've not seen that. Uh, isn't I? I saw something on uh, you know. I don't actually research things. I just, I just know, go based on. I don't. I don't <laughs> research it. facts. I just uh, you know. I go. I read a headline on Twitter. I don't click on it. I um, you know. And but apparently somebody was saying something. Unless that was a joke, and I just completely missed it. But he called. He called England like he called Arsenal a dead team or something like that. Really, <laughs> still a nappy's our kid. But I don't um, know. I don't know the context and whether he actually said it or not. But he's got stupid hair. <laughs> Tom, t- t- you're somebody who I would say Careful. has a good tactical tactical <laughs> mouse. Yeah, yeah. God, you have I forget good... to bring my bell down to my basement. Yeah. That would have been a good one for you. Just do it with your mouth verbally, and we'll edit it in. Um... <laughs> edit it in. Because that's, bell app. I, that's bell I, app. I, I do. Oh, yeah. Actually, I just picked up my phone. We'll yeah. edit it in because that's what the public is crying for. Yeah. But mine just you... twenty minutes putting the... <laughs> Uh, you, have a, you have a keen eye for the game, and something that I picked up through the thank you, Mike, um, through the through the Denmark game is that I think England struggled with the back three uh, of Denmark. Now I know that Italy tend to go out on paper as a back four, but really the system that they play and they often leave three at the back. Um, now what I would say is that there's a substantial upgrade on the personnel operating that back line for the Italians. How do you feel that? Maybe I would I would see England maybe against Denmark is quite fortunate to scrape those goals. How do you think they're going to handle tackling you know the veterans with the likes of Panucci and Chiellini? Ironically, I think they may find it slightly easier, and I don't mean that with hubris. Uh, I mean that from a tactical sense that Denmark play with a back five um, in that match, and Italy are going to be using a back four in which both fullbacks are their backup options in Emerson and Di Lorenzo, uh, and you're up against a very good English front line. I mean, taking my Arsenal hat off, obviously, Harry Kane's hit form at the right time, scoring goals at the right time. Um, and Chiellini and Benucci are a brilliant centre-back pairing. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> that is not what I said. <laughs> so tactically, the back four suits, suits England way better than Denmark's back five did. Um, but, I mean, it's, it's shown throughout the tournament. I mean, you look at how uh, Wales were able to, say, beat Turkey fairly comfortable. I mean, they dominated that game and against Switzerland, they really struggled and that's because Switzerland played that back three. So Gareth Bale and Daniel James were really kind of nullified with the, the side, um, the left and right centre-backs and the wing-backs. With Italy, uh, we, we are hopefully should be able to get quite a, a bit more uh, joy against them. It's the midfield that worries me and like Jorginho, Barella and, and Verratti. That's that's the main issue for England, I think, is where they're going to feed through straight because Because if you've watched England, Rice and Calvin Phillips tend to vacate the middle of the pitch quite I a thought, lot. I thought, <laughs> especially in the first half, the, the yeah. first half, Phillips and Rice were awful. I think that the occasion that got position. to them. And, and and this was something I actually put into our WhatsApp group. It says the difference that Jordan Henderson makes in terms of structure and tempo in that England side is phenomenal. Mike, for, for you, does, does one of Rice uh, or Phillips drop out for a Henderson to come in and give that a big game experience? And, and if so, which one of them would you prefer to be to be taken out? How the hell am I supposed to know? <laughs> Tom's the one that has the the, the tactical. Well, Tom, just uh, no. I uh, I don't think you can take Declan Rice out at this point. Um, and you know Phillips, Jordan Henderson to me is I think he's been used appropriately in this tournament. I just I I've never really seen him as a full ninety, possibly one hundred and twenty minute guy. 
I think when he came in to kind of solidify the win, I think was that the Ukraine game, uh, which it wasn't very close at the end, but uh, I, I think that was kind of the perfect use of him experience, calm leadership, solidity, but not necessarily your guy from the starting whistle. So I, I think you dance with the dance with the one you, you brung or dance with the, the girl that brung you or something like that. And, and, <laughs> You know, and you start soccer. You 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 keep is that about. What I used to say in 1966. Is that? <laughs> you know, that's when I learned all of my. That's when I learned English. And, uh, <laughs> I think you're going to see pretty pretty much the same lineup that we've been seeing in in the last couple of games. That that they've been able to you know not have to rotate players out for yellows or anything like that. So, you'll you'll have 300 million pounds of Grealish, Foden, Sancho, Bellingham, all sitting on the bench uh, and and coming in in the 55th or 60th minute. Unless the game just goes in a completely different direction where it's 2-0 and changes have to be made uh, yeah. early see, on. See, so. see, this is the thing that I think even maybe a lot of England fans as well are worrying about. Um, Tom, Gareth Southgate in the past has had a tendency to maybe go slightly negative, slightly, slightly pragmatic. Some would say that, that that's worked out in his favour as well. He seems to have a good knack for knowing how to navigate these national tournaments. But do you think that going into a game like this, it needs to be positive and not reverting back to that sort of fearful negative approach from England? I don't think you'll see any difference in the performance. Uh, I think it'll be tactical. I think it'll be cagey. I think they'll, they'll build up quite slow. Uh, they'll be happy to dominate. I think Italy will be happy to give us the balls. I think they'll think with Berardi or Chiesa, most likely Chiesa uh, and Insigne uh, on the break, that'll be their best chance to hit our... I keep saying Arsenal every time I'm in saying England. Um, and I, just I keep that- saying us when I'm referring to England, so I, yeah, I think that's well, probably yeah. a bigger offence than what you're doing. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I think Italy's best chance is, is going to be on the break. I think England will probably have the, the majority of possession in the game and Italy will be happy to, to let them have that and hit them. So I think you'll see a, a very cagey first 20, uh, 20 minutes from England. I think you saw that in the Denmark game. It was very nervy. The thing about the Wembley crowd, ironically, it's quite similar to the Arsenal crowd at times because you can sense the nervousness uh, in the stadium really clearly uh, at times. And it's going to be obviously dialed up to 11 tomorrow for the final. So it's going to be a very cagey opening. If there's an early goal, then I think it would set things absolutely on fire in regards to kind of goals and openness of the game. Italy will then need to attack and vice versa. England would really need to press uh, Italy. So if there's an ease, if there's an early goal, then ultimately it could be an absolutely mad final. If there's, if it's nil nil at half time, my money would be on extra time and penalties. I would think that it, if, and, and I haven't looked at the odds on that, but nil nil at halftime is probably the best bet you can put on this game right now. Cause I just think those two teams are just going to be feeling each other out yeah. Not up, out. Uh, you didn't for the need That was unnecessary. I don't know. When right? anyone says either team was feeling each other out, no, I don't think of anyone that goes, "Oh, did no. he mean up? Did he? Did he mean up?" <laughs> uh, you, you haven't met our chat. Speaking of which, uh, hi, David Ziegler, uh, Daniel Robert in the chat, Demsec, Arsenal Granny. Uh, we we love having Arsenal Granny in here. We have Arsenal Aunt, Uncle, and Cousin. Uh, Dublin Gooner, Aston Mack, be seeing you in a couple weeks. Uh, Gary, who has won a team signed Arsenal kit from Gooners versus Cancer already this summer. Nice. Uh, the Mass Gunner, of course, pulling double duty tonight. Saw him in your chat. Now he's in ours. Uh, he just he gets around. He's he's feeling up our chat now. 
Um, and, uh, and of course, Fergus, who, uh, you know, who agrees with you and therefore I, I put him in suspension. So, so <laughs> lads, before we move on to Arsenal related topics, official predictions for the Euros, we'll start with you, Mike, to give our guest a second to think. I think it's going <laughs> to, generally, I need much more time to think. Than our <laughs> I think it's going to be nil nil at the end of regular time. Um, and look, this is this is again, this is kind of my reverse jinx because I, the more overconfident I get, the worse the outcome is. I think it'll be nil nil, and I see Italy kind of uh, nipping one in, in added time. I think uh, it, if it's not nil nil, then it, it'll be one nil to Italy uh, with a penalty from Jorginho, which I did put a, a, a cheeky bet on him scoring in this game because if there's a penalty, he's going to score. Yeah, Tom. Uh, I think it's going to be two New England. <laughs> um, I, I am an optimistic person for those that don't know me, <laughs> very optimistic always. Um, I don't know what it is, I just feel like the back four that tactical thing we talked about that may really help help England and the fact that. England's strength is coming certainly from their wide areas up against Emerson and Di Lorenzo. I just have a feeling that if they get a goal in the first half, that that could really seal it. But I am naive. I am always so naive with my predictions. <laughs> always. So speaking speaking of naive, Rich Rich Wilcox, good friend of the podcast, former former merchandise winner as well. <laughs> uh, I know because he's told me he's been a, an Arsenal supporter. I, I think sometime within the last 10 years or so um, probably wasn't watching England before he became an Arsenal supporter. I'll, I'll go out on a limb. England, I think has won once in penalties in the last 179,000 years. That and that was, that, that was in the last world cup against what Columbia. Columbia I think? Yeah. That was just that, that, moment is my favorite i'm very close between that in my lifetime and the trippier free kick in the in the <laughs> semi-final because the trippier free kick in the semi-final is a moment where you genuinely believe you're about to watch england go to a world cup final so you know, that <laughs> that is an unbelievable moment <laughs> no, do, you know I, who, I, do you know do you know who you used to sound like <laughs> spurs fans <laughs> oh here we go that's well there is so many parallels between england and spurs there is, i mean what we want penalties and a free kick and that's like the two best moments in here some work I, I, I wasn't alive when we won the last tournament <laughs> yeah which exactly every spurs england, fans. It, my huge, my huge picture of hurst on my ceiling that i look up at every night is uh... Black, blackburn have got more right to talk about being premier league champions than england do as being a top national side <laughs> You know, anyway, who has a, you know who has every right to anything? Yes. But... Hassan Chowdhury is, uh, no. is, is coming, <laughs> coming with uh, the, probably the most naive take, uh, which is that Tom is sexy. So I mean, uh, this is becoming a theme. I was on Sophie's show and someone <laughs> – did you see the comment on Sophie's show? Someone was saying they were watching from Ohio and they were putting it on the screen in a pub like full of people. <laughs> that was actually one of my burner accounts that I that – I, <laughs> I, I you know I, nor actually. I normally show up in your chat in about four different forms. Right, uh, we know who it is. All always, <laughs> it's, it's so easy to tell. <laughs> anyway, my prediction: I'm going to go for one nil Italy. Um, I think England, apart from one game, have actually struggled to score goals, and they've been quite fortunate to get some of the goals that they have. And I think that Italy's defense has been absolutely rock solid. So, uh, I'm going to go one nil Italy. 
Um, but lads, moving on to another topic before we get into silly season and transfers, which I know Tom Canton absolutely loves. Um, we're going to talk about... Um, he loves it long time. He loves it long time. Huge root on for, for Arsenal transfers. Um, anyway, yeah, uh, it, it has been confirmed this week that Arsenal will feature in the Amazon Daco series um, All or Nothing. Yeah, that's what it's called, yeah. Um, previously featuring Man City and Spurs. Uh, no, bit of mixed- Spurs was a different series because that was nothing or nothing. So. Nothing or nothing, yeah. <laughs> it's called Zippy. <laughs> but lads, mixed reaction to this online, which I'm really, really surprised about. Mike, your initial reaction to, to that news breaking and, and the reaction from the fan base. My initial reaction, which was posted the moment I first saw the the news when I woke up yesterday in a in a cold sweat, was uh, no, 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 no. Please, no, 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 no. <laughs> um, however, you know when you have influencers like Tom Canton coming out with with, with the perspective of of a man with the maturity and 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 you know the life experiences that he has. Uh, you start to think about it. And, you know, there are some pros and cons. I actually talked to somebody inside the club yesterday. Uh, not going to give out names, but somebody who, who has a pretty good uh, perspective of what's going on behind the scenes in the club. Uh, and he was very interested in, in, in my feedback and the feedback of of the circles that we hang in, uh, hang around on this. And, uh, you know, I said, it's just a huge risk. It's a massive gamble. The club has you know, definitely lost its mojo when it comes to its branding around the world. And no one who's, a you know, a diehard, especially a local diehard Arsenal supporter, home and away and stuff, wants to hear anything about this. But I'm just going to say it. Their, their marketability in the world has taken a dive. Uh, they obviously weren't able to travel last summer when they probably would have either come to the U.S., the Far East, or both. They, you know, other than the U.S., where there's such a very good network of, of local and, and regional and national supporters clubs, there's a lot of places in the world where, you know, no one's going to just jump on the bandwagon of an eighth place mid-table team. And so this was a way of, of you know, grabbing some money, maybe 10 to 20 million uh, and, and getting your name back out there. But my God, does it have the potential to backfire? I would have I, I said to him, I said. Imagine that this had been done through the last season with all the Ozil crap and the paying guys money to go away and, and you know. I mean, God, Ozil is that he's missed out on it, this. <laughs> it, it would have been enlightening, but it would have just, I mean, and, and it would have made for great television for the neutral. But, like, I, I just, I don't know. The club should have more transparency. I've been saying it all along. I said it directly to, to, to Vinay uh, in the U.S. in 2019, and he agreed. But I'm not sure. I don't mean I don't want to, you know, slag something off once they finally do something that people have been asking for, which is to be more transparent. But I'm not sure anyone was asking for this kind of transparency. So I'm about 70 30 against it. But my God, will I be watching it? Will I be fascinated? Because, <laughs> you know, the involvement that we have with this club, it's going to be really enlightening to see what's going on behind the scenes. I just, I hope it is not a stick to beat us with. And I have a feeling it will be. Tom, with with the series, Mike talked about you know the the cry out from the fan base for transparency, and this is obviously I would consider um, an effort from the club to to do just that. Whether 
Mike says it's the right thing or the wrong thing to do. But in terms of the actual performance of the team, the coaching staff, and most of all, the manager, you know, we're talking about a manager in his first job. He's under heavy, heavy scrutiny at the minute. There's obviously an effort from the club now to invest some money uh, into transfers. Do you think that this could potentially have a negative effect on the performance in such a critical season for, for the club? No, <laughs> no, not really. Uh, I, I don't really buy too much into that. I I think that at the end of the day, it's, it's just going to be cameras. I mean, these are guys that have cameras on them all the time. They take cameras of their own lives. They video themselves doing backflips into pools in Greece. I mean, like it's, I don't think it's really too much of an issue. Sure. They will act different on camera to how they act uh, more naturally. I'm sure they will. Who wouldn't? I mean, pretty much everyone does, um, other than Mike. <laughs> um, but uh, but I, you, you would be shocked at how I act when I'm not on camera. <laughs> <laughs> I know how you act on not on camera. So. <laughs> um, it's, I, I, I meant really, in a good way you would be shocked. I know. I know that's what I was saying. <laughs> um, I just think that with this, I, I've been shocked by the hostility towards it online um and a lot of people that i'm friends with and respect online and and stuff like that have been very anti this and i think very kind of hyperbolic in their response to it uh i mean chris or abw was slamming this as i saw uh ask blog slammed it as well like i and I, did you read it did you read his blog entry though today i haven't read it, his blog no i haven't it, time. it's actually i mean you know as as typical from andrew it's a it's a pretty it's nuanced <laughs> It's a it's a nuanced take that isn't completely negative or positive and and you know points out some some pretty good points. I would I would not that he needs it. not that he needs our advertising, but uh but, no, but go no. yeah, go read it because no, it's, it's I'll a, definitely give it a read. And not like obviously Andrew's a great really good for uh, our show and stuff, and it's not a case of disagreeing with him. It's just I just found everything quite hyperbolic in the response immediately. However, it's, it's obviously when you see something immediately, your response then compared to as he's put out an article the next day is going to be very different because you you reflect on things and stuff like that. But spoiler was, on the art, spoiler on the article real quick before you continue is, is it, I mean the 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 point is kind of this club needs to figure out its identity and doing that in front of a camera might not be the best way of doing that. You know the the interactions between the players, the 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 bonding, the you know what whatever the the tough moments. To be quite honest with you, though, you know, you, it's just you can't act natural when you're in front of a camera unless you're, you know, doing a podcast or something like that. But but then, but then there's the there's the argument that it could potentially aid Arsenal in terms of with the cameras around players like Pierre Emerick Aubameyang. People have said that he's someone who thrives with the attention and relishes those sort of opportunities that maybe mm-hmm. Arsenal could actually benefit from. From this, and the other side of it as well, is you talk about that that it's that it's such a um, a critical time and the amount of drama and and trying to find its identity. Would Amazon give Arsenal this opportunity if everything was smooth sailing and rosy? You know, that's that's potentially the appeal to Amazon. I feel like Arsenal's <laughs> fan base is so clamoured. Like people, one of the things I saw people say was that I think maybe Mike, you even said it a second ago, is that you you couldn't really think of anyone who was asking for this, but. 
I guarantee you there are millions of Arsenal fans that have wanted this. I really, genuinely. And there, are young, billi- and there are billions of Spurs fans that want this. That's yeah, the problem. And, and all of this, I mean, it's interesting you say that because I've not watched the Spurs one. Well, I've not watched oh, it. Oh, my God. I have. have it's hilarious. It. It's good. I will try and watch it. I, just, I wasn't really ever interested because I knew, obviously, during that season, Arsenal lost the North London derby. Uh, at Spurs, uh, and, and I knew there would be a lot of fanfare, and I wasn't really interested in watching kind of a With very Pochettino getting getting sacked and Mourinho yeah, coming I, I in. Will... I mean, oh my god, it's great television! Yeah, but 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 this see, this is another thing as well. Is you talk you talked there, Mike, about the Pochettino getting sacked? You didn't really see very much with that, and and at the end of the day, when. When you look at Arsenal and this Darko series coming out, you will not see stuff that the club don't want you to see. Well, it's going to say, be. Do you think there's going to be a lot of censorship then? Do you think that? <clears throat> I do. Yeah, I think that Arsenal as an institution are very always have their doors closed quite tightly. Yeah. They they don't like information going out, and I don't see how this will. They wouldn't be, be doing this. Different. They wouldn't be doing this if they didn't have some sort of creative control. I'm not. I'm not saying to the. I'm not no, saying but, it's going to be a promotional video, but. <clears throat> I mean, but, you know, you know how the Cronkies operate. They're not going to want obvious, their obvious, uh, Obviously, the club the club does have some form of creative control because otherwise, the Mauricio Pochettino situation would have been in there um, during the Spurs documentary series, which it wasn't. So obviously, how do they the club, cover it? They just. To say he's been moved on. Right? They just so, acted like Jose Mourinho was still Mauricio Pochettino. They, they like just, they, they, they superimposed they superimposed his face over top so that no one would notice. It was <laughs> no, they, no, but they literally in seriousness, they, they, they just showed it as a as a news clipping, you know, like the uh, like a, a screen run of the, of the the news on Sky Sports that he had, he had left the club. Right. So the, 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 there was no sort of um, inside information or inside camera shots of what actually happened in those situations so yeah it's going to be what they want you to see but anyway it'll be interesting to see i'm not sure my opinion on it i think it's i think it could be, be a good thing potentially you know uh you don't that, see that documentary didn't do much for uh for deli alley's career i'll tell you that. no no and that's the only thing <laughs> he, looked, about, he looked like a right I think that the Arsenal players, maybe it's because we're supporters, but they seem like quite a likable bunch in terms of the core youngster group, which I think they'll focus on, the likes of Kieran Tierney, Emile Smith-Rowe, Saka. And, mm. and also, I think as well, something that you'll see is that the club will try to impress now. Maybe this will put out of pressure for them to do some more business in the transfer window. Can we? Oh, well that, and, and that is something that I kind of, I mean, I didn't think this up myself, but it, it occurred to me today that, I mean, the Cronkies are going to want to make a splash and this, I mean, there, there will be a, a, a madness that occurs or that we try to pull off. It, it, yeah. it, to, to, to be honest with you, it probably won't be a madness that occurs. It'll be a televised documented. We tried kind of thing. And it wasn't, our, and it wasn't our fault that it didn't work out, but we almost got Mbappe to come here. Do you and, think this uh, affects how other teams will treat us in the market? Do you think they'll turn around in negotiations and be like, look, we know you've got this Amazon documentary and you want our player. <laughs> We're going to chuck on an extra zero to his price tag. Um, I think I think so, that so happens. So a ten million dollar, uh, pound player will become a hundred you know, million pound. You know what I mean. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean. Yeah, I, I think that that happens anyway. Regardless, it's Arsenal. You know, especially when you're shopping domestically as well. I think that there's that automatic sort of big six um, tax that's that's thrown on players. So, <clears throat> as Mike said, with with the money being as small as it is, uh, it you know, in in context, obviously ten to twenty million is a lot of money and. In, in, mm. in our terms but 
not football, no, so I couldn't see it, but well, I think it will. With, with the Amazon money, we can finally pay the rest of the players to leave. I mean, <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's going to be it. great. I, you know what team I would love to see a, a companion documentary for? It would be Marseille. Uh, I mean, we we I want to be able to track behind the scenes how how Guendouzi's trying to you know stain Saliba's uh, you know his his love for Arsenal, quote unquote. So uh, yeah, well, they'll be desperate to get that out before they start filming. By the way, they'll be desperate to move Saliba on before they. I mean, I was speaking to Sophie earlier on the hybrid squads, and she said that that she heard she read somewhere that it starts in two weeks filming. Yeah, yeah, I think so, I think the first major part part of it is going to be the trip to Orlando. Yeah. So so yeah. watch the first episode because I am quite likely to be involved. <laughs> oh. oh. <laughs> Anyway, when, when you show them back, when they show them backstage, and you see all the the credentialed media and bald Jewish people, and all the people that get you know that get put in the same area, uh, it's just going to be a, a mic show. So, so you got to tune in for that one. <laughs> just multiple mics, um, but look, lads, I think it would be a, a sin to have Mister Transfer himself on the podcast and not talk about some transfers. Tom has done about five hundred morning transfer shows in Arsenal. Is coming on? What? <laughs> 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 you ain't got enough money to have him on your back. <laughs> nah, 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 no villain Spain either. Anyway, um, <laughs> lads, tr- first, tra- first, You're first, of- oh, that's the wrong bell. Sorry. <laughs> Jesus Christ, oh, <laughs> uh, fuck, like that's a stupid Notre bell. Dame. Anyway, um, Nuno Tavares. Is that how you say his name, Tom? Tavaj. Tavaj. See, but before we move on the track, it's Nuno Tavaj. My my son and his friend are about fifty feet away from me playing FIFA, and and they love Derek Ray and Bruno Fernandes and uh, and and all that. So so we so Nuno Tavares is really Nuno Tavaj. It's Tuvage, it's Tuvage, yes. Tuvage, Tuvage. Be careful. Be you can't really, say, you really can't say that on your podcast, but you can come on ours and talk about really Tuvage all you want. He I've got quite an issue with this. I've got quite an issue with this pronunciation thing. All right. It's it's so it's no, he I just do. became my favorite player. I'm getting his name on the back and I'm and I'm and I'm doing it phonetically. <laughs> 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 but I don't get it, right? Because when I uh, when you say my name, you don't say it with an Irish accent, do you? Or I don't say it with an English accent, like your name. With an you English. have no idea how I say your name. We wouldn't be able to say it with any other accent. <laughs> he's he's Nuno Tavers. Anyway, Tom, uh, young 20, 20, 21 year old left back. Nunners. <laughs> Shut up, mate. Twenty one year old left back from Benfica. Um, mm. Coming in as backup to Kieran Tierney, would saw names like Kieran Trippier or Kieran Trippier. Actually, he was considered as well at one point. Um, Ryan Bertrand, um, probably being one of the main links. Um, are you happy to see the club step away from those sort of older role players and maybe go for uh, a younger demographic of player uh, like Nuno? Uh, yeah, demographically, I'm I'm happy to see the move away from your. Yeah, like your Williams, your David Luiz types of signings for a, for someone that just needs to be depth for us. I think it's a good, it's a really good signing uh, in that sense. I, I do have questions about him personally. I mean, the tactical breakdown I did on him revealed a lot of concerns uh, about, about him. For I mean, I, my a good friend of mine, Jose Miguel, who lives in Lisbon, uh, did the show, and he 
he is concerned. He, his basic opinion was that he's not good enough to be a backup, not, let alone like Arsenal starting left back. He's, he felt that he needed a loan further down the Portuguese table to, to kind of get really into that level. I mean, you look at some of the tweets that have come out from Benfica fans, they're happy to see the back of him. Um, and that doesn't bode well. I'm hoping that it's, and I said this on Soph Show, I said, I, I hope that this is kind of uh, fuel for the fire for him to really kind of prove people wrong. He is in a different environment. He's under different coaches, whether or not those coaches are going to change or improve in any way. We'll wait and see, but it's important that we got a different demographic of signing in so that say in two years time, it's not worked out. We've got sell on value. We can move him on. We can then bring another player in if it hasn't worked. Yeah. And then, um, what Mike. are his weaknesses, though? Like, like what? Because oh, yeah, I remember when uh, I didn't see. Mm. I came up with a good question. But, but that actually, yeah, yeah. <laughs> when, we, when we brought in Santos, everyone was like, "We're bringing in a Brazilian." Yeah. <laughs> I don't care that he was playing in Turkey. Don't worry about that, or, or wherever he was playing before that. We're bringing in a Brazilian, and then he absolutely sucked at everything other than driving fast. Mm. Um, so. But I mean, are are they the same weaknesses? Are we redoing Andre Santos again? That's or, a good. Or... What what can we expect is probably be a better. What can we expect? What can we expect to go wrong? Because <laughs> we need to be prepared to be to bitch. Let, let me ask you, based upon the defenders that we've had in the past, what is one of the key issues that we have had from our defenders that they suck at defending? Yeah, right. And specifically, <laughs> what do they do? That's they get caught up. They get caught too far up the pitch. Yes, so that's one of them. And the other one is making absolute ridiculous decisions in, de in defensive situations. Uh, and Tavaj has that issue. Like, he is not defensively sound. He makes mistakes. He gives the ball away in his own half. Like, that, that is a problem that, that he has and that he will need to improve and try and remove from his game. Um, but there's all the potential with him offensively. That's his big strength, is attacking down the flank. It's weird because I think he suits a left wing-back role more than a, a solid left-back role. And do, do, you, do you think that his strengths in his attacking play compensates for those defensive weaknesses? No, because no. I wouldn't... I, I, I'm not... I wouldn't go for a, a right back this summer that we desperately need just because they're really good at attacking. Like I had my reservations about bringing in Hakimi. I think if you've got a world class going forwards fullback, it then justifies going for that risk because what you lose in defence, you genuinely really do gain in that area. But Tavaj is, is not developed enough in an offensive sense to justify having someone that makes mistakes at the back. That when he gets caught too far up the pitch, though, and and we're exposed at the back, we have we have a very easy answer for you know for the for who can cover his position. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I mean that's going to be a I mean, big thing sudden, that we bring in. in all of a role. sudden, he, you know, Jaka became you know a sixty million pound player for us because he's going to be able to play left back in the middle of the game, backing up our left back, who's backing up our left back. Mm -hmm. So, I think that's a great strategy, after all. Yeah, yes, yeah. yeah. No, it's a no, it's a strange. Is this, one. The, end? <laughs> is, is this the end? Is this the end for Cedric then, or 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 is Cedric our? I hope so. I hope so. <laughs> But Mike, when you look at this signing, as uh, as Tom said, somebody with obvious sort of gaps in his game, somebody who's not fully developed, isn't the finished article, and you're looking at these players, I think as well, um, I think Fabrizio Romano had just tweeted out a minute before we went live that um, apparently the deal for, for Sambi Lukonga has been completed now, that uh, medical has been passed, a five-year deal or something has been signed. Um, 
do you look at these players and, and are you now starting to worry that these are the type of players that we can expect as a whole for this transfer window, that that we're going to have an underwhelming transfer window when it's supposed to be one of the most important in recent memory? I don't think that these are bad signings at all, as long as they are not our, you know, our, our signings geared towards improving the, 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 the nailed on starters on this team. I mean, Lakanga in the starting 11 next season. No, but, but I mean, we need better players in the second 11, if you want to call it that, um, who come in to deputize in the case of injuries, who, who can come in as substitutes and, you know, Lakanga by all, uh, by all, estimates know nothing about the guy uh but he seems to be a really promising well, let's learn about prospect well. as, opp- <laughs> as opposed to you know Tavares, <clears throat> who apparently is the worst defender in the history of <laughs> portugal i think that's a good thing to do Tavares might end up stinking jesus christ oh god that's another good avenue to go down not the Tavares thing but tom asking about asking from somebody who has obviously done his research on the player and what can we expect from sambi lakonga what type of player is he and what sort of level would you put him at at the minute in his career you know, um, I, I, the thing is, I, I feel like there's going to be a lot of Saliba expectation around Lukonga now, as in if he doesn't get a game in the first 10 Premier League matches, there's going to be an absolute outcry for where is he? Where's hashtag where's Lukonga? That's exactly what's going to happen. Free Lukonga. Free Lukonga, yeah. That, that's free, what's every, yeah every, everyone's just like, you know, completely jailed at this point. They're... And the fact of the matter is, is that is he, is he a Premier League level player right now? No. No, he's not. He, he still needs to develop. He still needs to improve. He's very good. Like he's still good as for. A, he's a very good Belgian league player right now for a 21 year old. He's excellent, but he needs to improve. I mean, you look at the statistical drop off that Sanderberg experienced going from Genk to Sheffield United. It was absolutely ridiculous the way his stats dropped off. I imagine it would be the same for Lukonga in, in obvious ways. He would come up against much tougher oppositions. But in terms of his style, he's he's a really good kind of hybrid of a six slash eight. He can play defensive midfield, but he is good uh, in the opposition's third. Loves playing a direct class, trying to find his teammates in the final third of the pitch. Really tries to dictate play from the midfield when he's on the pitch for, for, uh, for Anderlecht. Uh, and has been really, really good for them in that position. And he's obviously got a really good trait of being a leader. He's held the captaincy there before and whilst he's not the out and out captain for Anderlecht he has been captain for them at times in games and and has that element that I think Arteta's I think we see with the Ruben Neves link as well he's looking for guys that have been young leaders uh, at clubs and I think that's a good move for us going forwards and and even sticking with you there Tom as well because something we've talked about is two players here likely coming in for backup or rotation do you think that the strategy for Arsenal this season, we often hear people saying about the likes of maybe the William Day last season, uh, uh, even I think a lot of us at the time were in favour of that, and we all said it would add good good depth to the squad. But do you think mm. it's a case of now, at this moment in time, with the limited amount of games we have, with no European football, that the club now, after these two signings, need to be targeting people who are guaranteed starting 11 quality in this team upgrades on the starting 11 position rather than just improving the squad depth as a whole 
I mean, other than the goalkeeper, um, yeah, 100%. I mean, they look like they're going for a homegrown backup keeper. So that looks like that position's where they're, they're moving. But I mean, central midfield, the Xhaka replacement, right back, attacking midfield or creative midfield or this number eight hybrid, however they want to play it, um, that position. And obviously Ben White as well looks to be the other kind of main guy. So if, if Arsenal go out and say this window, you get in Tavaj, you get in Lekonga, you get in a, a homegrown goalkeeper. And on top of those kind of depth players, you get a starting right back, a starting central midfielder, a starting creative midfielder and Ben White. You'd have to say that's been arguably our best window for God knows how long. Since so, January where we just got paid people to go. Yeah. <laughs> but, now, yeah. The, 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 the homegrown keeper... Um, was Matt Ryan homegrown? I, I know no, he's Australian. No. I know he's Australian, no. but I didn't know if the age thing was okay. So that wouldn't because I just I, I don't really understand why that didn't happen unless he was adamant about needing to be the number one. Uh, no, I think the home which, I think the homegrown thing was more of an issue. We were already on the verge of of our quota, and I think it was starting to become a real problem. And I think as well with mm. with the lack of European football this year as well, that you know the, there's less opportunities and and probably somewhat of Matt Ryan's stature as well. I um, heard the Onana thing might be back on a little bit again, but I, I that that just seems like the the seems like one that's far fetched and not going to happen, but. Um, I think, that, I think the, the guy Onana we just re- we just I was leaving. That's that's what the Onana thing was. Yeah, we we just re-upped a one you know one of our our young uh, goaltenders, correct? Our keepers, yeah. yeah, yeah. And but he's a few. You would imagine he's a few years away, or or yeah, he'll be he'll here be for fourteen third. years, uh, like like Damian and uh, suddenly <laughs> Emmy Martinez was. Yeah. Um, yeah. and then we'll sell but, him for twenty million. Mike, something something Tom mentioned there, and and th- th- this is sort of moving more away from transfers. Um, he was talking about the potential of an incoming creative midfielder, but something I wanted to talk about was the fact that people were seemingly fine with with, with Ben White coming in and Saliba being pushed out on loan. But when you look at the amount of attackers we have, do we not potentially block the path or the development of Emil Smith Rowe this season by bringing in? A, a creative midfielder that is sort of maybe going to want to guarantee to start. And I know that he has played out wide, but when you have the competition of Gabriel Martinelli, Saka, Pepe, Aubameyang, you know, the spaces are limited. Is that a position that you think that maybe we need to put a bit of faith into Emil smith and potentially get an understudy to him? Well, I mean, the question really begs to to ask, like, was it a problem that we had Odegaard here for the second half of the season? Because I don't think that it was. I, I, I actually was a bit worried about, you know, now you're Smith Rose playing really well for us, kind of saved our season at, uh, starting on Boxing Day, and now we're bringing in Odegaard. Is that gonna is that gonna stunt Smith Rose's ascendancy to the starting eleven? And it just worked. It worked out with the two of them there. You know, of course, we also had two games a week, and we're not going to have this uh, for the for the season to come. So, I, I I think you have to think in terms of depth and competition and not look at Smith Rowe as being the the durable every single game number 10 no matter what to the point where you won't even buy another person who has the potential to do well if you could get as much as I don't really understand how quality this guy is if you can get an hour in or something like that no that doesn't that doesn't block the path of the mill Smith Rowe it just gives us more options it gives and, and Smithrow is flexible enough to play on the left uh, if if he needs to and 
it gives us the ability to kind of maybe get rid of some of the, you know, get rid of either Obama Yang or, or Lacazette, which I know Obama, the, the ship has sailed on Obama Yang being sold this summer. Mm-hmm. As much as I would actually prefer to see that happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, I hate to say that that's not going to happen. I mean, you've not heard any whispers about that Tom, have you? No, I mean, from 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 an Arsenal perspective, strikers not on the agenda right now. It's just not. Yeah, I mean, the, the Edward thing's not. I mean, we, we've got Balogun waiting to come through as well. So I don't. I, a cre- I'd love to see a creative midfielder, a Madison, Aouar, one of those guys come in. I'm more concerned about who's going to play next to Thomas Partey. I'm more yeah. concerned about whether that's Basuma, <clears throat> whether that's Nevesh. Whether that's uh, we have some you know. we have somebody in the squad at the minute, and maybe the last one before we go on to to user questions in the chat. If you want to start throwing them into the chat, um, Tom, Joe Willick, it it has all seemed to go a bit quiet around the the future of Joe Willick. And um, where do you see his future lying, and and what avenue do you think is best at this stage for the club to take with with him? It's such a tough one, isn't it? I mean, every time I talk about Joe Willock, I end up coming back to the Ainsley Maitland-Niles situation because I... I what did I, you say? I, I call him that now because he's... Uh, <laughs> oh, you've you've out, you've outgrown, you've matured where you don't call him Ainsley it's, anymore? It's the Smith now, uh, as I've recently found yeah, out, is exactly. the new one. Well, well I'm, t- I'm talking about Mainsley. Uh, Mainsley was a, kind of an affectionate nickname, and now he's not really part of the club anymore. So I, just, I, I was... Ever since he went on loan to West Brom, it, it started to wane the nickname, and then not Wayne Dinklage, by the way. Um, it's, <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's, Wayne, it's, Wayne, Alex, Cleb, Remontada, uh, Dinklage, Twitter, yeah, Twitter, v, Twitter v, suspended v, Wayne. VVV, v, 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 yes. How many VVVV? Get off Twitter. Yes. The most suspended man. The most suspended man in social media, Wayne. <laughs> yeah. He goes, "Oh, it was it, it was linked to my yeah. previous oh, yeah, account." Yeah. I, 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 I picked up the wrong phone of my nine phones, and it mm. accidentally linked together. And no, I didn't call anyone to oh, see okay. you next Tuesday or anything like that. I didn't <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. So. Whilst it was it was waning during the West Brom loan period, um, but when he did that interview uh, and just basically just, just crapped all over the club, I was like, "Yep, yeah, you're Ainsley Maitland-Niles now. <laughs> You've lost Mainsley. So yeah, but but that situation with obviously Wolves offering around, I think it was eighteen million pounds to take him from us. And then us not taking that and then seeing what happened, it looks ridiculous that we didn't take that deal in that moment. And so if Newcastle were to come in, say, with a 25 to 30 million pound bid for Joe Willock, like I would look at that and take it very seriously. I just there's always part of me that goes, wow, that six month stint was incredible. And if you can get a because what Arsenal have lacked for so long is a goal scoring midfielder. We've lacked someone that tries to get into the box. We've lacked someone that really has kind of aerial threat from midfield in the box, which Joe Willock has. And if we can get Joe Willock playing in the right position, then great. The problem is, is Steve Bruce gave him so much freedom and so much kind of look a responsibility. You go and do what you do best, Joe, and play in that free role in midfield. And I don't think that Arteta is going to do that with Joe if he does play him. And that's the problem. Yeah, it, it, it kind of reeks. It, it, it kind of reeks of a situation where he has had the absolute top for, run of form that he could possibly have within his capabilities. He was in the right situation, given the license to do exactly what he could and wanted to do with almost zero pressure on him. 
it's a buy, you know, it's a sell high type of situation in my eyes. Uh, you don't often see that continue. I mean, if, if we had only known that Emmy Martinez was going to be the, the world's best keeper on an 11th place Premier League team this season, then, uh, you know, then, then maybe that would have proven me wrong. But I, we, we have a, a good loan spell at Newcastle does not mean an incredible future at Arsenal. It just doesn't. And, and Joe Willock has been here long enough that I don't know that he's changed and transformed as a player mentally, physically, uh, and, you know, I, I think that his market value will never be higher than it is right now unless we send him out on loan again for the entire season this season and he repeats his form, not scoring every single game. But, you know, but if, if he just does the, the business for Newcastle or some similar team again this season, then he'll increase his, his sale price. But if he doesn't, if he comes back here and doesn't play every game or doesn't play well every game, or goes on another loan and 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 reverts to form. We've just taken somebody that might have been thirty million and taken them right back down to being seven or eight. Yeah, yeah. You muted. <laughs> this is my favorite. <laughs> this has been my favorite part of the podcast. I, I'm not muted. I, I'm just a very good mime. Um, <laughs> no, it's a tricky one because I think we're all still quite shell shocked from um, the like the likes of Serge Gnabry and stuff like that, and I don't think that that should tamper into the club's mind. Also, when they're looking at a player like Joe Willock, I often say it's like I think it's like the Wilfred Zaha effect, where mm. you know Wilfred Zaha absolutely flawless at Crystal Palace, moves to Manchester United, really struggles, and then then goes back to Palace and flourishes once again. I think that Joe Willock has maybe just found his level. And 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 I think it would be within the club's best interest is uh, to maybe move him on at the minute. But Mike, that's what I'm going to hand over to you, buddy, and you can tackle some user questions before we. Yeah, let's. Uh, the, the the chat is is 45 strong right now. Thanks for watching us. Uh, you you talked Tom about you know how how teams would add a zero when we talk about the people in our chat uh, compared to your pod and Sophie's pod. We actually delete a zero. <laughs> uh, but 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 45 is great. We love everyone in here. Uh, some new people have come in here. Papa Boyle, Dubber Ducky, Taib, the legend. Uh, and, of course, Soph herself is in here uh, doing bits while she's sunbathing in sunny SoCal. Um, she sent me some pictures. Uh, anyway. Uh, <laughs> what? What? <laughs> You couldn't help yourself. You she's couldn't. the she's the one person I could say that about that won't be like you are a disgusting creep, um, and I know that you know she has no interest in me that way. So David David Ziegler. Well, we'll, we'll determine whether he's David or David because I put this up without even reading it. Uh, if Grealish came to Arsenal, should we let him keep that young Kira Knightley haircut or or force him to grow out a full petit Mane? <laughs> I'm saying Mane. Um, <laughs> Mono. Yeah, Mono. <laughs> <laughs> Owen. Uh, oh, me? Uh, please, yes. Please. The weekend, those lions. Wow, the Mane's on them. Jesus. But, but, <laughs> Do I look like the but, type but, of person that should be giving anybody advice on her? Neither should you. Put it to Tom. Petit, really? Petit Mane sounds like something the, I ordered at the uh, at the steakhouse the other day. You're the only one. He's bald. I look like an X-ray. You I'm, have a decent hairline. I'm, I'm so. voluntarily mm. bald, though. Yeah, look, yeah. Uh, <laughs> how the fuck do you, how the fuck I'm also, do you ask? I'm also voluntarily you, fat. <laughs> <laughs> how the fuck do you ask your barber for that haircut? I haven't gone to a barber since, since the Carter administration. Oh, Tom, how, do you, 
I didn't think I get all the the extra money for my uh, you know for my for for paying guests like Tom. <laughs> but even to jump over from a question, I'll make a question out of uh, David or David's um, <laughs> question. I get it done to me all the time, David. David, so don't criticize me. He's, okay? he's David when he says something stupid. He's David when he has a brilliant question. Tom, when you see names like this being bummed about, Jack, Jack Grealish, Jim, bummed about, bummed about. It's a what? thing. Bandied about. Bummed about, man. Don't you dare question my local vernacular. Is it bandied? <laughs> Tom, anyway, the teacher, is it bandied or is it bonded? Bandied. Bandied about. Oh, look, bandied man. about. Yeah. Don't make me speak your language and then criticize me for doing it wrong. <laughs> I'm joking. <laughs> anyway, being banded about. Names like go. Madison, Grealish, players like this, that sort of ilk. Do you think that it's realistic to think of Arsenal maybe going for targets like that this window, or do you think that we really need to lower our expectations to a more re- realistic standard? Uh, Greedish is... I, I, I think Greedish is purely a revenge tactic of all these Emil Smith road bids. That's all I think. Why don't we put in, why don't we put in a £25 million bid for him? Like, like honestly, yeah. what... what, what... What would that do? What, I mean, it's it'd be less Breaks obnoxious than with Aston Villa. That's what it does. <laughs> are, is, are those bridges not already breaking uh, with with Emmy Martinez basically whispering in all of our players' ears and then making derisory, banding about derisory bids for our best players? I mean, at this point, put in that bid. It's less embarrassing than the forty million and one pound bid that we made for Suarez. I just, I, I think this, um, I, trust me, it's, it's irritating me the amount of cocky Aston Villa fans I've had in my comment sections of late when I've done stuff about Millsmith Row. It's, it is it is frustrating. But um, I mean, the, the, the proof will be in the pudding when he signs that new deal, which we are expecting to happen very soon. But I, the greed issue is, is unrealistic. Madison, Madison's a really weird one because Leicester would demand upwards of 60 to 70 million quid for him. Um, but I, I don't know what there is. It's probably being completely influenced by the the reports that you're seeing come out on on social media from question not questionable, but you know, yeah. And that's we don't really know what Arsenal's budget is. Like we get told different figures. No one knows. Anyone reporting of a specific figure is talking out their backside. Like, there's no way you can report a specific figure of how much Arsenal puts. No, you can't. You can't. And 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 we have to sell players before we come back. Warchest and transfer kitty are probably. I, it makes <laughs> me want to punch a hole through this wall right here, which will yeah. end my marriage. But like, yeah. I hate it's, it's a sensitive marriage. <laughs> Just a hole in the wall. <laughs> well, <laughs> yes. Let me just say that, that that would not be the first uh, part of the of the of the arrangement of things is, is, that would end the marriage. Is, is your house just full of holes? That would be, that would be, that would be like the one more point. fucking hole, and I'm out with the kids. <laughs> this is the one wall that remains. That I, that's why I'm potting here instead of in my office because I just punched the entire walls down, and now it's outdoors. Well, here's one for yourself, Mike, to calm you down before you start punching plasterboard. Complete hypothetical, uh, but would you take Casper Schmeichel over Bird Leno? I would take Peter Schmeichel over, over Bird Leno. <laughs> Apparently, because Leno is awful, and 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 I'm I'm shocked that that question came from uh, from Melisma and not from Daniel Robert because we just know that Daniel just needs to see this. So I'm going to give it to him. He, he needs to see this. You need to see this, 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 and this. So, uh, look, the Leno thing for me, it's, it's, it's one of those things where 
there's just enough going on with the whole maybe he wants to go to Germany, maybe die. He might not want to go to Germany. He might have set his sights on being here until he's 38 years old and being an Arsenal legend, uh, if he possibly can be. But it just seems like this the beginnings of a breakup are starting to, to happen. And as far as I'm concerned, as long as we bring in somebody of, of equal or better quality, then, then you know, I'm not super loyal to the Birdman. He's a Schmeichel's a fantastic player, and I think he proved that throughout Although, the year. How, Although, how, how is Schmeichel's partner compared? Because Leno's that's I mean, how we rate players is the, at this point, yeah, at this point, their spouses, right? That's yeah. one of the reasons why I don't want Rob Holding to leave the club, but, yeah. But, but sure. I mean, you know, it has nothing to do with his play on the pitch, so yeah. I mean, if I'll, I'll do some research on Schmeichel in that regard, and then I'll tell you what my opinion is. <laughs> Perfect, get back to us with that. Um, <laughs> I never heard you laugh like like a four year old girl before. Yeah, that's the way I laugh. But I'm sorry, uh, Tom. Which one of the players uh, who that we've been linked with? Hey, what the fuck? About their spouses, please. No, not their spouse. No, it wasn't that. No, it's here. It is here. Look, this is actually quite a good question because stop clicking stuff. Whoever that is, <laughs> whoever that is, there's only one other person here that can click it. Uh, which one of the players who has been linked to Arsenal is your least favorite? You have done a lot of shows, man. Which one has frustrated you the most? Nuno Tavares. I was going to say that Nuno Tavares. <laughs> the, the one that we signed. That's the one we signed. Yeah. Yeah. Him and um, Awar, probably those two. So there you go. Awar. Why Awar? I've done so many shows where I get absolutely ripped apart for just not really being that big of a fan of him like mm -hmm. i just don't like his lack of attitude as jeremy smith says uh the fact that he just stinks of an urzil type of character he really does like someone that is a luxury player that's performance will drop when we're playing badly that will go missing in nine out of ten games like, i'm just not interested in a player like that i, I want someone that's going kind of, like erdegaard did when he came in like in that game against West Ham and against Olympiacos and against Spurs, just games that he'll really grab by the scruff of the neck and, and take the opposition no matter how we're playing. And Awar, it just isn't. I think Awar is such an overrated player and someone that we were desperate to see sign last summer. And because obviously we're being linked with him again and now he's available for half the price, we have to go get him. Well, See, right. The, There's a reason. He, well, okay, look, there, there could be reasons that aren't footballing reasons why he's available for half the price, as we know about the world economy and the football economy. But it, it's uh, – I, I just got distracted because my son just put this in here about noon to vash. But what were we talking about? Oh, Alwar, like – <laughs> how often do you see? How often do you kind of see a flare attacking player from La, from Ligue 1 come mm. in and be instantly successful? I mean, Pepe is a good example of someone who might finally be coming good. Dimitri uh, Payet. Payet has always been one of the examples of of, of the 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 exception rather than the rule. You've but got, if you move to West Ham, like if Awar went to right. uh, an Aston Villa, like in which I look at as kind of the West Ham of when they were then, right? That would be would that would work. Out. 
But I don't think it would work at Arsenal. Talking about this, Mike touched on there the sort of the financial impact of the pandemic has had um, on the on clubs, Tom, and probably one of the most heavily hit clubs in terms of the sort of the top clubs is Barcelona. We see at the minute mm. they can't even register any of their signings. They can't yeah. even re-register Lionel Messi. Oh, is there the potential to take advantage of their situation and go in and pluck some gems? on the cheap from a club that literally needs to sell. I think they have to shift 200 million from their wages. Uh, so they do. Is there any players there in particular that you would be open to maybe Arsenal taking advantage of and going in and getting? Pedri kids are right, isn't he? <laughs> he's, just, <laughs> he's not bad. Uh, I, he's, yeah, he's, you're never going to get him. But uh, I mean, yeah, obviously both both right backs, Dest and Emerson uh, are two players. I mean, I, I know they've only just signed Emerson, but... Where is Dest from again? What country? Uh, United States, fella. You should really oh. know that. That's some really poor knowledge from you. Yeah, yeah, uh, well, no, I may just have known that. Yeah, <laughs> but he came from Ajax, so uh, I don't care where he came from. I care where he where what what, what you, you know, know. I've got an interest in seeing the North American sides, and I really am paying attention to Canada a lot, actually. Um, and uh, why? I mean, I have a lot of interest in the Canadian. I mean, I, I text Theo Corbin earlier today. He's playing Who's the, the best? Who is the best Canadian footballer of all time? And the, Tar- here's Terrence and Philip. Here, here's a here's a hint. His his son played with my son in youth football. Mm, I mean, I thought the best player is actually the one that's playing right now in Alfonso Davies. But, but you tell me, I forgot he was Canadian. So yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> Dwayne De Rosario was 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 pretty badass for Canada. Uh, was he a striker? But, uh, yeah, and yeah. and he played. Oh, he played the, the national Oscar. side. Yeah, well, as opposed to what? Do they have teams? Don't they? <laughs> No, uh, only just they now. Have, that's a, they they have teams, don't they? <laughs> I love that. that was my favorite my favorite cycle. Canada has teams, right? They have they have, team, they have like they have two teams in the MLS, basically. I think I think it's two. Vancouver, but they're making their own. Are they no, not, and, and Montreal. Montreal. So they're they're not making their own league now as well. No, they play, they play it. They play in Major League Soccer. No, they've got CSL now. Have you not? Do you not know your own? Are North you American serious North? that they? Well, I don't claim to be North American. Yeah, I'm CSL a, I'm, is now a thing. It's been. I'm American time. British. <laughs> I'm yeah. a Canadian um, Super League is is there? I have actually not heard of that. Yeah, it's it basically what happened was is obviously they used to draft a lot of people through the college systems uh, into like Vancouver and Montreal and Toronto, but to improve uh, the Canadian football is what I'll call it, um, uh, is that they've now created a, a Canadian Super League, which means you've now got proper teams with academies, with facilities, which means a lot of Canadian football is going to improve. And like you'll see more Davies and Jonathan Davids coming through and Theo Corbin, who's now at Wolves and is playing in the Gold Cup. And uh, I'm hoping to nab an interview of him at some point. So are they, I'll, I'll, I'll try to set you up with that. Are the... Uh... I'll just watch up in my hands. So are the, are, the, are the three... Are the three teams that play in the MLS from Canada going to remain in the MLS? Or yes, are they going to succeed? Yes, to see? Yeah, yeah. Oh, that's yeah, a good yeah. word. All right. But it's amazing that this that's episode is called Mike. Spirit. Mike figures out how football works. <laughs> it's amazing that it's such an untapped resource when you consider, you know, like how well off of a country and how how densely populated yeah. it is. That it's but yeah. it's a massive. It's not that densely. It's not densely populated at all. Honestly. No, well, I lived in like Toronto, bot- man. Do you know where I'm from? Toronto is is densely populated, but it's literally 45% of the Canadian population lives in Toronto or Montreal. Mm. Um, 
Thank this you. is the uh, this is the last question I'll throw to you, Tom. Um, uh, from Dubber Ducky, uh, who plays Ray? <laughs> Why are you laughing? I knew Be, that because, because it. that's just so Gooner's podcast is that we have people called Dubber Ducky. <laughs> <laughs> you have like <laughs> Alessandro. You know, you yeah. have like these fancy Go names, on. and then we have Dubber Alessandro Ducky. Who? <laughs> I, I don't know. I was just you know trying to come up with something as pretentious right. as I could think of. <laughs> you have Henrik Ho Jakobsen, and then. Sorry, oh, I just lost your, your question. No, it's, it's good. Don't worry, I'm prepared for your fucking shit show. Um, <laughs> here we go. <laughs> Who plays right wing next season, Saka or Pepe? Pepe. Pepe. 100%. And and so where's Saka's role then? Is he, is he, is he kind of alongside... Does he play that, that kind of central role that we've seen him play in certain situations, or is he your guy on the left then? Yeah, he's my goal. So my starting front three is Aubameyang, um, Pepe, and, and Saka as the front three. Uh, I think that Saka's Saka for me is, is whilst he's doing well on the right and he's playing there for England right now. Um, I think that's mainly because Sterling's, of course, on the left. But for me, if you if you take Pepe and Saka as wingers, they're different. Pepe for me is is much more a goal scoring tight wide forward that needs to play a little bit more incisive because he's been far too isolated on the right wing. Uh, Saka is for me going to develop into more of a creative kind of wide player in comparison to more of a goal scorer and so I think giving him that ability to play on his left foot uh, and, and be able to play those low driven crosses on his left foot is going to be better for him so I would play Saka left Pepe right yeah well my, my front three was going to be Martinelli Balogun and Reese Nelson so it shows what I know but <laughs> I, I actually wouldn't mind seeing uh, Pepe on the left to allow Saka to play on yeah, that, right? I mean, we, we've seen how effective he can be there, uh, I think, especially I think it, with Tierney I think behind was, him. I think it was a great experiment to put him in, uh, to get him into form, to play him on his natural side. But I think he was, he was flourishing towards the end of last season. And also I think that, I mean, that yeah. that's one of the main reasons that we need to upgrade in that right-back position because for, for me... Um, I think the downfall of Pepe was often Hector Bellerin's weaknesses. Uh, so it was. So yeah, I think it's a, it's definitely seventy-two million pound investment in the guy. We're going to have to start utilizing him or or trying to play him into some sort of form. And at the end of this season, if it's still looking like it's not working, then maybe it's time to address that. That's good. That's what you think. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> you're, 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 you're entitled to that opinion, which I didn't really listen that closely to. But no, I knew you. Um, so Taib, who who uh, who's one of my favorite people because flattery will get you everywhere. Uh, Tom, do you think that Arsenal should look at buying a new striker in the January window? Kind of asked and answered already, but, but, uh, and, and what I like about this is that he's asking about the January window. Oh no. Oh, they're so young. <laughs> <laughs> says the fetus. Yes. says the fetus. Um, I, I, no, I don't think so. I think we'll wait until the end of the season. Uh, Lacazette's contract will expire. He'll leave. Uh, Bamiang will have one year left on his deal. Uh, we'll then look to bring someone in. It depends how Balogun develops this season. I don't know if he's going to stay or go out on loan. I think a loan would be a really good move for him. But I don't know then who is back up to a Bamiang and Lacazette. So it's it's a Balogun, Muller, you know. All, Muller's all going out on loan. So we'll I'd actually like to see that. Yeah. Henrik Ho Jacobson. Worst haircut in the Arsenal squad. Uh, Aubameyang doesn't count because it's too easy to pick him. So worst haircut other than Emil Smith-Rowe in the Arsenal Before his hair transplant, probably Rob Holding. Uh, <laughs> Did he get a hair transplant? Did he go yeah, to Wayne Rooney? I really liked out? it because yeah, it was yeah. so relatable. Uh, <laughs> you know, um, Worst haircut. 
Willian. Oh. <laughs> no, yeah. but it's like you know, you always know that one kid in school that, ha- and and you meet him now, and he's still got the same oh, short back and sides, please. And it's like have a bit of variety, but he changes it up every now and then. But Willian has just had the the throw for so long. Yeah, he, yeah, he hasn't really changed it up. It's like he used like, to rock the cornrows when he was playing in Russia. It used but, to be Mkhitaryan with his little really bad two holes on the side of his head. <laughs> with, <laughs> Willian. <laughs> Everyone has two holes on the side of their head, though. I mean, that's not no, but it was really. <laughs> They're called ears, Tom. Come on, man, get with it. I may not know about North American football, but you should know about ears. You rely on ears every single day for your. Why do I love myself? Why do right. I do it? <laughs> uh, by the way, worst is the the whole William thing reminds me of uh, our our dear dear friend Aston Mack, who 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 just did the anti William by actually. You know, shedding the 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 mane that he's that he's known for having, <laughs> and uh, and yeah, so so that's not good. Question for me: I have to obviously answer this question, and 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 the chat is still going strong. So we got maybe five more minutes until until Tom actually falls asleep on the podcast. I'm struggling so much. Uh, <laughs> I've been who's doing con- AM shows for so long. <laughs> whose controversial <laughs> off pitch video was more cringe? To Vag or Saliba? Um, Stop saying it like that. Really, I, seriously, I swear to God. It's not, it's not turning you on. All right. I haven't seen the off-pitch video from, from Tavares. Uh, have you I not? Ha- have you not? It's really bad. What, I what haven't did, either. What did he do? Tell, paint a picture for us in, in the way that only you can. Channel, so I suppose I can. Um, <laughs> uh, basically, he has dogs and... His oh, dog the kissing just, video. Yeah, and they're just like licking the inside oh, of his mouth. It's I didn't really know that was him. Yeah, that's a bit too humberish for me. And, and, and I might already hate the guy, <laughs> I have to say it. Because Humber... Dogs. Uh, Adam, with, Adam I've seen with, some worse videos involving... Yeah, those German videos yeah. that yeah, I saw that in college. The <laughs> the the Adam was fine, but Humber just I mean Humber was basically the downfall of Alexis as a footballer and as an Arsenal player, and I will never forgive him. Uh so if Tavares is gonna be the same dude, are we gonna get a banner up on the on the ring around the Emirates with Tavares's dogs on them? I don't know how you could get more cringe than what than Saliba's video, though. I mean and and, and one of the worst things I've ever seen. Genuinely. A br- a brief moment of seriousness. I wonder how much that video actually has to do with Arteta's opinion on it. Like maybe I'm being naive and thinking that it has anything to do with it, but you know, it did I, happen quite a bit after. Well, it came out a lot, like a long way after what happened. Well, he had probably seen a private viewing of it though before that. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I just. I I don't think it would have helped, um, and it got because obviously the way football is, there's so much news so fast. It got pretty, it didn't get forgotten, but it got moved on from pretty quickly. Uh, I think that the, the big issue with Saliba is one, he wasn't Arteta's player, wasn't signed by him and his entourage. Two, there was a lot of issues with the French Cup final and how he reacted to not being allowed to go there. Uh, and and three. The, the way he reacted during his time in the under-23s was supposedly not great. I understand that. I mean, I, I'd be pretty peed off if I was being thrown into the under-23s after costing 28 million quid. Well, I, I'd be pretty done in about that. And then, obviously, the, now the video that's come out and all the interviews that he did. I mean, when you start to tally them up, he's done quite a lot. <laughs> there is quite a lot of things. <laughs> but, yeah. Um, but we can, we can all agree on one thing, that Nuno has definitely got off to a woof start. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> I think you're barking up the wrong tree with that one. Ah, yes. <laughs> um, um, the last, the last question, and I say this. <laughs> I say this knowing that someone who's sunbathing in Los Angeles right now popped into the podcast, probably still not here, Soph, but just in case Soph is here, this one's for you from Squatty uh, Dempsek. Will Callum Chambers, with an extra L in it, be the main right back? Um, it's it's well noted that that I am a fan of Callum Chambers. Uh, he, I've, I've had pictures with him. I've questioned my sexuality over him. I've uh, he, he does not like... He's confirmed for us uh, in person that he does not like pineapple on pizzas. So, I mean, I couldn't be more in his corner. But uh, as the main right back, Tom, do you, I mean, would you? And do you see it happening? Would I? No. Um, I mean, I mean, would you start him at right back? I didn't mean. You know. <laughs> oh, uh, yeah. I, think I, I like him at right back. No, I've not even, I've not even clocked what you're, you're saying. Your, your fiance is out of town, so you could just, you could be open about this now. Yeah. No. Would so you? Pineapple pizza just at the door, keeping him away. Um, no, but he doesn't like it. He's against it. So that's yeah. Why hence why I would put it outside the door to keep him away. That's oh, that's. Oh, oh, Jesus, okay. like God. Garlic on the, on the door. <laughs> um, Richard Garlic. Um, which I genuinely, for a long time, writing as a professional, spell as genuinely garlic for a good, like, four articles. <laughs> well, that's because, that's because you're, you're, you're a wonderful indigenous chef, so. Sure, sure. 100%. That's all I can think about. Um, but, yeah, no, I I would. I think that's his best position, uh, genuinely. I, I like him at right back, but I wouldn't play him there for us. I think he's a good, solid backup. Um, but I think Arsenal should be targeting and start a right back for sure. How about that uh, that that Hakimi dude? <laughs> you could probably play for us. All right, so that, yeah. we're going to wrap it up there. Uh, I do want to quickly mention before I, I I send it around for for plugs and stuff. Gooners versus Cancer is is in high gear. We're getting ready for an amazing summer. We've already gotten off to a good start in May with our special early bird auction where Gary, uh, who's been in the chat, uh, don't waste the tweet. DWTT has uh, has won a uh, who who does not think Owen is even close to being funny. Um, I don't know if that was a comment you made or just in general about comedy. You. Co- comedy subjective. Get yes, exactly. But uh, <laughs> but, but he, he's he's won a, a, an Arsenal first team signed kit. We're going to have more stuff like that. We're going to have some amazing prizes that are donated by the club, by ex players, by supporters like Jared Carver, and amazing opportunities and well, not opportunities, but amazing events like what Owen is putting together for the second year in a row. Uh, a local football tournament. Tom, you've always been supportive. It's just this thing is growing in ways that really, really make me feel good. Uh, the buy-in of people from an emotional and a supportive standpoint is really happening. So, uh, but Gunners, the, the big thing that's going on now is registrations for a FIFA 21 tournament. Now, Tom, you played last year, didn't you? No. Kind of. <laughs> no, I didn't really play. It was more of a just, you know, an appearance. You know. Did, is the excuse that when you were playing in your group stage games, you were using your toes instead of your fingers? Oh, in <laughs> the group stages, I absolutely smashed the group stages. Uh, it was when they hit the knockout stages, I didn't do too well. <laughs> who, who won that tournament, by the way? Facts. Oh, um, some kid with too much time on his hands. <laughs> he, he does not have too much time on his hands. He has the best dad in the entire world. By the way, when is, where is it coming, Jake? It's coming, oh. Right. Uh, 
So yeah, someone has to defend his title, and and no, he didn't keep the first prize; it was donated back. But uh, but the FIFA tournament for both P PlayStation and is it PS Five or or can people still play if they have the PlayStation Four? I think they cheat the button. Right, yeah. So PlayStation and Xbox, uh, the FIFA tournament is going through registrations right now. All you have to do to register is go to GVC FIFA Xbox dot live or GVC FIFA PS Five dot live depending on which system you have. And uh, and you'll be entered in a, in a Champions League tournament. You'll have group stage games, elimination stage games. People all over the world met each other and became friends through this thing last season. In addition to friends. <laughs> in addition to raising some money uh, for, for the Leukemia Lymphoma Society, it's $25 donation to enter. And uh, it's great, great fun. We're going to be in Orlando when Arsenal are there. We're going to be in Las Vegas for Football Fest 2021, which is – uh, a great event that's uh, that's going on during the Arsenal Chelsea second game of the season, which is going to be a great time. Uh, Elliot from Arsenal Vision and his his uh, his whole team are putting that together. We'll be there, having a lot of fun, and uh, it's just going to be a great, 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 great fall or late summer and fall. So GoonersVCancer.com, you can learn more. There's going to be a lot of announcements made, and I just want to thank the the two of you for being as as supportive from a publicity standpoint and from a participation standpoint as you have been, because you never know who your friends are until stuff like that comes up. Uh, it feels really awkward when you be nice to us. It's, you know, it's look, <laughs> you know, I'm, I'm peeling the layers of the onion off. And salt really... me quick. Please insult me quick. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, anything. It just, we've said everything. <laughs> so, yeah, so, so that's going on now. Uh, just pay, subscribe or follow us on Instagram. It's Gooners V Cancer. On Twitter, Gooners v. Cancer. We usually retweet everything on the Gooners Pod uh, tw Twitter account, but announcements about everything that's going on will be there. And anytime you're giving money to this charity, you are entering yourself in an opportunity to win something, whether it's memorabilia, signed shirts, uh, game tickets, fun stuff, uh, and or you know cash prizes like for the FIFA tournament. Um, Owen, you're you're all settled in your new house. You've got your your baby sized pool table behind you. <laughs> either either that or, you, or or it's the large or or the room that you're in is the size of the Emirates Stadium. It's a big room. It's a big room. It's good. It's good. But look, hopefully tomorrow night I will bathe in the tears of an entire nation. Um, <laughs> or we'll bathe in yours. <laughs> yeah. yeah, we may have to go live a, a little bit after the game tomorrow. So you know, keep keep your Twitter machine closed just in case we announce a live podcast. But because and if you end up getting that that I've seen no suggestions of what I should have to do for my side of the bet. So I guess that ain't happening. But no, there was uh, one you have to stop drinking for a month. No, he said I have to stop drinking beer for a month. I haven't had a beer probably for for three months. Uh, I'll think of something, Dory. Yeah, and and uh, and it won't be that. But because uh, you know Orlando and Las Vegas are in the next month, so that's not going to happen. But yeah, if anyone wants to think of something, I'll do it because you should not have a one-sided bet like that. Tommy, am I or am I not the special guest on your on your on your transfer episode number sixty-nine tomorrow? You will not be up at eight a.m. UK. Time. I was up last night at eight a.m. Uh, uh, English time. I was, I, you know, oh, yeah. so I, I will make it happen. I am not referencing the fact that it is the 69th episode. <laughs> it is far too much of a serious show for that kind of ridiculousness. Um, ridiculous. Ridiculosity. 
Yeah, it's just. Um, uh, I'm yeah. As I say, sorry for the listeners that I look like I've been falling asleep. It's because I have been. Um, <laughs> not 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 out of you're, rudeness. You I'm are seven. You're surprised. seven minutes away from turning into a pumpkin, basically. I was I was considering trying to stay up to watch the Copper America final, but I don't think that's going to happen. Oh, um, that is going to be a great game tonight. I cannot wait for that. It's an hour and seven minutes away, and that's going to be some top flight football. Um, what was I going to put up here? Oh yeah, this. This is what I hope to have happen tomorrow. This is how I plan to celebrate when it comes home. Um, I saw him at I saw him at Wimbledon this morning. He's gonna have a busy day tomorrow, man. The men's Wimbledon final, and then who won the, the men's Wimbledon final? Who won the no, women's? Today? The, the women's was uh, Ash, Ash Barty from from. Uh, I put a bet on her winning in in straight sets, and she blew it in the second set, but she came back and won it in the third. Lovely thing. I didn't know Kate was like taking over as the main the 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 Duke of Kent who's been there for 5,000 years mm. presenting the trophy and stuff is retiring after this year and Kate Middleton's taking over. But, uh, but yeah, this, this is what's going to happen when it comes home tomorrow night. Um, and I think that's all. So Tom, you want to push your, uh, your, your channel, your, you know, cause, cause there's a lot of people who have no idea who you are that are watching this podcast. <laughs> they didn't find us from you. Uh, we're not here because of you, and and so we should tell them how to find your 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 burgeoning podcast. Yeah, well, hi, my name is Tom, uh, and I run the Guna Talk. And you can find us every single morning at eight a.m. Uh, just type in the Guna Talk, and it will come up uh, on your Twitter feeds or on YouTube. And yeah, you can check out my show with Sophie earlier on today if you like. It was a great great show. Good good chat. Sophie's always a a, a wonderful guest. Uh, it was a smashing show. <laughs> I love that. That was so funny. <laughs> Tom knows the meaning behind why I just played that too. But uh, um, yeah. and and so we're gonna, we're gonna we're gonna finish off with this from two weeks ago. Uh, just a beloved moment that that I love so much. And uh, and and tomorrow, it might or might not come home. But thank you to everybody in the chat. Thank you, Tom. Thank you, Owen. Thank you, Ian. Thank you, Owen. And. <laughs> That doesn't look like what you think it looks like. I'm just Shit. saying that. <laughs> <laughs> and come on, you three lions! I, I, I'm telling you, and I'll make this bet with you right now, here and now, with my uh, with Hertz as our witness. All right, if England win the Euros, I will get it's coming home tattooed on me. All right, that Whoa. that that is it. And, and I'm not. I don't. 